Hello, hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode. Today's conversation, we're talking about what happens when you go too far on your self-discovery journey. Because you think of it as being a very like healthy, positive thing of trying to find yourself and exploring and getting to, you know, living your personal best, especially, you know, this is the name of the podcast, live your personal best. So what happens when you strive too far in that direction? What happens when you start going to some of these extremes? And that's what we're talking about today with our guest, Karen. We go through her own journey where, you know, she was on one side of the spectrum where she was taking drugs and self-destructive. So when she turned her life around, she wanted to do that 180. She got into all these healthy practices, but realized along the way that she lost herself. And so now she's in her late 30s. She's a happiness mentor and coach. And so she will be talking about all her tips and tricks on how you can actually feel fulfilled without keeping on going to these extremes. So this is definitely a must listen. I'm so excited that you're tuning in. And right before we get started, if you're not following me on Instagram already, you might not know, but book number two is in the works. I have been writing book number two since October, and we are almost about that time where pre-orders are available. So in about a month from now, it's maybe like five or six weeks at the end of July will be my pre-order campaign, which I am so excited for you to get the first looks into the book, the first sneak peeks. Book is working title, so this is not definite, but something along the lines of from passion to pressure, talking about, you know, the mental struggles that we go through through athletics when something starts off as something enjoyable and then just amounts into something that we no longer find happiness in and we don't longer feel successful by. So if this seems interesting to you, be sure to follow along on Instagram to get all the latest updates. It's at liveyourpb, at liveyourpb. And if you're like, I can't wait for this, then just send me a DM right with it. So I will be sure to notify you first when it comes out. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. I'm so happy to bring you on today, Karen. I know that you had kind of like caught my eye when you sent me a message wanting to talk about why you will never find yourself on your spiritual journey. And I feel like that's a pretty hot take. So I'd love to hear, you know, your background and how you kind of like came to this conclusion. Sure. Well, speaking to, to that first, Emily, and then I can speak a little bit more to just my journey and the things I've struggled with that very much relate to what you're doing for young women and and doing with your podcast. But in my, I guess it would be my mid twenties around like 26, 27, I'm 38 now. I was seeking something more in my life. I felt very unfulfilled and myself very unfulfilled in my life. Had a really self-destructive start to my twenties. I was looking for me and and looking for something that was going to help me get my life together. 
and get myself together. And I dove head in on a spiritual path. I had a friend who was very much into a spiritual practice called shamanism. And she went to go see a shamanic healer regularly and told me about her. And that's where I jumped in. So I started studying shamanism. I started studying Reiki and energy work. I became a yoga teacher. I studied meditation, taught meditation. I had my own healing practice by the time I was 29. And what I couldn't see while I was in it was that I was getting further and further away from myself, that my spiritual journey was actually doing the opposite of what I thought it was going to do, which is to help me find myself. I was actually trying on my spiritual journey and couldn't see it while I was in it. I was trying to become something more than me, anyone other than Karen, and trying to become like the highest version of me or the most supreme like being that I could be trying to become enlightened. And in that process, I was actually eliminating myself. And that's why you will never find yourself on a spiritual journey. That now what I teach is um, the journey to happiness, which is about going in to connect with yourself and accept yourself for who you are. And so you can feel good about yourself. And that's where I found me and a connection to myself. And I stopped my seeking and searching outside of me. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know that, you know, you said you're looking for your higher self. A lot of people will kind of say, I'm looking for like my best self. I'm looking to level up all of that. And I feel like, you know, all of us can relate to how you're feeling at that beginning of, you know, there must be something more, there must be something more. Um, So how do you think that you focused, you know, on like losing yourself in that process, right? Because you would think like meditation and things like that are like the things that ground you to yourself. Um, But how did you find yourself like kind of losing yourself in that process? Yeah. Well, what I've come to know over time, Emily, is that we do the things on our spiritual journey or like you were just saying, our quest to level up, our quest to become our best selves. And that can be on a spiritual journey or that can be working out and trying to hit an optimal being in shape. It can happen in your career. It can happen in getting married and having kids. Like my path just looked like a spiritual journey. But what I found is that all the things I was doing spiritually, like meditation and yoga, and like you said, you would think that that grounds you into yourself. And many people listening might be saying, it does. I promise it does. I, it, I, that's like the only thing that works to ground me. So stick with me. But how we lose ourselves is we're doing all those things for the wrong reasons. And we're doing them for something outside of us. For me, all my friends were doing it. All my friends were doing yoga. All my friends were meditating. It was the next hot thing to be doing. And so I did it to fit in. I did it to make it look like I had it together. I made it, I did it to make it look like I was secure in myself when in reality behind closed doors, I felt was very insecure, felt very lost and nowhere closer to myself because I was doing the meditation, doing yoga, doing, reading all the books I was told to read 
for things outside of me. And I call that external value, looking to the people and things outside of us to give us a sense of meaning and purpose because we feel so empty and meaningless on the inside. And in that, that's where we get lost from ourselves. And while meditating or going to a yoga class, you might feel better for a little bit. I'm not saying I never felt grounded after a great yoga class, but it was the yoga doing it for me or the meditation doing it for me. And then as soon as I was back into life and got a phone call or a text or just back in the reality of my life, all the Zen (laughs) that I might've felt after going to yoga or meditating was gone as soon as I was back into my life. It wasn't a permanent lasting grounding experience because it wasn't coming from within me. It was coming from outside of me in the yoga or the meditation. Yeah. No, it's so interesting looking from the outside because, you know, you look at someone here and you were 29 and you owned your own yoga studio and all of that. So it's not like you were just doing it, but like you embodied it and you would think, you know, like, oh, I wish I had that problem. You know, like some people will like straight to drugs or like something unhealthy. And you're like, well, you had a healthy outlet, but it just kind of shows how like, you know, it's always back to like the attention behind it and like not overdoing it. And like being true to yourself is what makes you happier versus like what the outlet is. Yeah, very much. And it doesn't, I, I being very candid, I went down the unhealthy path too. I mentioned earlier, Emily, that I was very self-destructive in my early twenties and got, um, I was actually, I did a lot of drugs. And so coming off of that is when then I started my spiritual path and took what seemed like healthy behavior. And, and also it was a, I didn't have a yoga studio, but I had a healing practice where people came to me for healing that made it look like I had it together and I was on a healthy path. Um, but again, it wasn't any different than escaping my life with drugs and destructive behavior in my early twenties to then looking for answers somewhere else. I just did it in a more socially acceptable um, way where you're right. Lots of people look at that and be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that is what people did. But on the inside, I felt like a total fraud because I wasn't being true to myself. And those things were not actually authentic to me. And I had to find a new path. Yeah. I feel like you know, hearing your story, I can relate to mine a lot too, of like, you know, living in these extremes. I was a college athlete. So I was like super extreme that way of like putting so much worth in my body, watching everything I ate, working out all the time, all of that. And then when I didn't have that outlet anymore, then I went super extreme into my work and I'm like, okay, how do I build this career? How do I race to the top? Like, and it's just the idea of like, you know, just always going to the extreme almost. So how did you find yourself kind of getting out of that on either end? Like how, what were those first steps like? Yeah. So I had to find a totally different path. And for me, I was 31 and I was very much having like an early thirties crisis. You know, we can hear people say midlife crisis or even a quarter life uh, crisis at 25. I think we have pivotal points in any phase of where we're at, where if we're not being true to ourselves, we very much feel like, is this all there's going to, 
is this all there's going to be? Like, is, is there anything else? Is this just what my life is going to be? Is this just who I'm going to be? And I'm never going to figure it out. And for me, I hit, <laughs> hit that point at 25 for sure. And then hit it again at 31 after being on the spiritual journey. And I was very fortunate at that time to meet my mentors. And I felt like it was a divine intervention. Uh, I wasn't looking for them. I got a phone call one day from a woman asking me if I wanted to come to a, a free half day workshop. And I was a big seeker. So I jumped on it and said, of course. And that's where I met my mentors, David and Peggy. They were the first people to tell me that I am the problem in my life. So before meeting them and all of the therapists that I went to, the different healers I went to, yoga, meditation, you name it, um, the book, all the books I read, everything I was doing allowed me to point the finger outside of myself for my problems and my issues. So to my upbringing, to my past, to um, men, to relationships, to friends, society, being a woman, and all validated my story, like my victim story of poor me and how hard my life is and look at what's happened to me. David and Peggy were the first people to rip that rug underneath me, uh, which was the best thing that ever happened and helped me to see I was the problem in my life and that I was where I was because of me and my choices and decisions. That is what got me out of the downward spiral I was in and all of my spiritual seeking and becoming very disconnected from myself. And it empowered me to start to take responsibility for myself and my life and start to be very conscious about the choices and decisions I was making and to also be honest with myself about all the ways I was being untrue to myself and had no idea who I was. And that was actually the journey to start to get to know who I am was all the ways I wasn't being who I am. Um, so I'm very grateful for them. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be so scary though. <laughs> it was a little scary. It was, it was a little scary because everything I thought I knew and everything I thought my life was kind of felt like it just crumbled, but in hindsight, it wasn't scary at all. I was, I was desperate for that. I was desperate. I knew I was the problem. I knew that. I think we all do at some level. Um, I just needed someone to hold the mirror up and that initially felt vulnerable and like you said, a little scary, but then it wasn't, it was the biggest relief because the facade that I had been living in and trying to uphold and this image that I had to uphold, I could let all that go and start to just learn who Karen is and just be Karen. So it was huge relief. Yeah. No, because when you do kind of like face yourself and then you're like, okay, this is scary. And yes, all my decisions led here, but now it's like, I'm back in control. I don't have to be like out of control in the spirituality. And now, okay, this isn't working. Let me find the next thing and the next thing. But as you kind of mentioned earlier, like you can start to look inward there. Yeah. Yeah. You, instead of looking for my answers and solution outside of me, I learned my answers are within me and could just rely on myself and go inward to me 
and that has been um, an awakening experience and has led me to understanding happiness and having a path to happiness, which is a lot more pragmatic and a lot, we used the word grounded earlier, like a lot more grounded than anything I was doing before, uh, which was actually really refreshing. (laughs) I love that. And so what advice would you have for, you know, if the listener is tuning in and they feel like, you know, they have it all, but they still don't feel fulfilled. Like how can they start to maybe live that more fulfilling life? Yeah. I'd say the biggest piece is, I like the word normalization, normalizing where you're at is step one, that if you feel like you have it all, but you're still unfulfilled on the inside and don't know where to go next, it's really important to know you're not alone, um, that that's the human experience. And what I teach in the journey of being happy and, and having a roadmap to happiness is that that's our human pursuit of happiness (laughs) is actually what leads us to be very unfulfilled and very unhappy. We all know and have heard since we were young, no one and no thing can make you happy, that happiness is an inside job, yet we spend our whole lives starting very young pursuing the things in our lives that we think are going to make us happy. So going to college, um, getting married, having kids, getting the career, starting a business, creating like work freedom in your life, you know, whether that's you want to work three days a week and, and have the other four days to go explore everything we do is in that pursuit of happiness, thinking those things will actually make us happy and give us meaning and purpose in our lives. But it's like we're a bucket with holes in it and it all just leaks right out. And then we're seeking the next thing. So my advice, especially for your audience in their 20s and and coming out of college or maybe still in college, is to understand from a young age, because you've got a lifelong battle ahead of you if you don't figure this out, that your happiness does not come from outside of you. It does not come in how you look. It doesn't come in your weight. It doesn't come in being fit. It doesn't come in your accomplishments or achievements. Feeling fulfilled and being happy is about feeling good about yourself on the inside and developing self-value and self-worth, which again, doesn't come from outside of you. It's based on your integrity and character as a person of the choices and decisions you make that make you feel good about yourself, not for anybody else, not for anything back in return, just for you and who you want to be and how you want to know yourself. So it's about feeling good about who you are on the inside. And that comes through your choices and decisions. That's how you become fulfilled in life. It's, it's, I'm not saying don't go after goals, don't accomplish the things you want in your life, but you will get caught in the trap of thinking those things are going to make you happy and they never will. It truly, truly is an inside job. Yeah. I love how you mentioned there, like, it's how you like think about yourself or like view yourself and like those decisions. So if like you going after that goal is, you know, happiness for you and you like those decisions, then yeah, like you can still go after it. But I think it's just that extra step of asking yourself, like, 
how do I feel about this? Like, really? Yeah, it's checking in with yourself and choosing the things in your life, not because they're going to make you happy because they won't. It's choosing the things you want in life and how you want to experience yourself from a place of wanting to grow and learn. It's, it's actually from a place of self-actualizing, of, of making the choices and decisions in your life that allow you to grow and learn about who you are and to become the best, best version of yourself, not for anything in return, but because that's who you want to be. That's where we find fulfillment. Yeah. Well, that is great advice. And so, you know, kind of the point that we're at with your journey was like, okay, like you had more of the self-actualization. Now you're a happiness coach, you're a happiness mentor. And like, that's what you go on and you talk about. How did you get from there to here? Like what happened in between? Do you have like kind of a journey there? Sure. So like I said, I had a healing practice. So I, people came to work with me and I would, um, teach them yoga. I would do energy work. Um, I even did intuitive readings and intuitive coaching. Um, and that was before I met my mentors. And once I met them and they opened me up to a whole new path that I talked about earlier of really pragmatic life skills of taking responsibility, um, learning to, Uh, make choices and decisions in my life that make me feel good about who I am, learning to be true to myself. I could no longer do the work I was doing before. It, It wasn't true to me. And I knew a much better way from what I was living and what I was experiencing. And that flipped my whole practice. So over, gosh, that was about seven or eight years ago. So now I've through this last seven or eight years, I've been building my practice as the happiness mentor. And I love working with women of all ages to teach you how to feel good about who you are and to finally feel enough just in who you are. So I teach a happiness course for women. And that has stemmed from totally flipping my practice and really just wanting to help women connect with themselves, get to know who they are and feel good about who they are. And again, in a very pragmatic approach of building self-worth and self-value by learning how to put yourself first, not in a selfish way, but in a way where you're actually slowing down, considering yourself and making yourself important to you and your life so that you are the best version of yourself, which everyone benefits from. You don't benefit anyone trying to give from an empty tank and giving and putting yourself last. So that's, that's what I teach now and, and where I've, I've come from what I often call all the woo woo that I was doing before, um, that journey led to where I am today as the happiness mentor. Yeah. I love that so much. And so, you know, with the people that you work with now, what do you think are like some of the big myths that we still have around happiness? Like, I feel like it's still kind of like a word that seems like everyone has a different definition of it, right? Yeah. Well, one of the biggest myths is that happiness is a feeling or an emotion that to be happy, we want to get to a place where we're emotionally happy. And I define happiness very differently. So how I define happiness is I only want to be me 
and I only want the life I have. So essentially, it's a deep acceptance of yourself where you are your meaning and purpose instead of trying to find your meaning and purpose outside of you. So that's the biggest myth is that happiness is a feeling. There's also a myth that happiness is different for everyone. And what I've found on my path is there, I'm not saying my path is right for everyone or the truth. That's not what I'm saying, but it is a universal roadmap that works for everyone who wants to take that journey and wants to take that path. Those are the two biggest ones that come to mind just right off the top of my head, thinking about it. Uh, I guess another one is more on the unhappy side, Emily, that we think it's the people and things in our lives that make us unhappy. But what I teach is that is if happiness is an inside job, then of course our unhappiness is also an inside job. And we're very quick to know that happiness is an inside job. We very much push away knowing our unhappiness is an inside job because it's like, well, you don't know my sister or you don't know my past or you don't know my boss or you don't know, you know, my financial situation. And we blame the things and people outside of us for unhappiness. But the problem with that is there's no solution. Uh, as, As long as it's somebody outside of you making you unhappy, then you need them to change or something outside of you to change, which makes you completely powerless in your life and and you give your power away. Um, So your unhappiness is an inside job too. No one and no thing can make you unhappy. So those are probably the three myths I would talk about. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that last one before, you know, like, you know, you can always like kind of blame something outside but it's like you know that's the same like where your happiness comes from is also the same area where your unhappiness comes from so that's so interesting to think about that way and then I can't believe it's already been like 25 minutes it's blown by last question for you is there any one last piece of advice you'd love to leave everyone with one piece of advice that has really helped me in my life is to know that whatever challenges you are facing, whatever curveballs life has thrown you, is to embrace and run into those challenges and run into those curveballs. They're here to teach you something about yourself and to give you the constructive adversity that you need in your life to build resilience and become strong in yourself and be able to do life. We live in this fantasy that life is supposed to be this straight line where if we can just get our life just so and fit in this nice, neat little box, then everything will be great. And we spend our whole lives wanting to get there and we never get there because the reality is that life is not a straight line. Um, I often draw on, on my whiteboard for my clients a up and down peaks and valleys. That's the reality of life. It's when we fight that reality, Emily, that that's where, and we expect life to be different. That's where we create all of our emotional turmoil and all of our inner hardship. When we can accept the reality of life for what it is with the hardships and the challenges and the struggles that come our way, that's where we can actually grow and learn and become the best version of ourselves. So my advice is 
to let go of the fantasy of wanting to coast in your life and get to a place where you can coast and embrace the ups and downs in life as your greatest teacher to grow and learn and become the best version of yourself. I love that. No more coasting (laughs) or not. No more coasting. Not trying to get to that point. I love that. I I love this whole conversation. I feel like happier and lighter after talking about it. (laughs) Oh, well, that's wonderful. I love to hear that, Emily. I really uh, appreciate you having me on and getting the chance to share. Yeah. Where can people find you, follow you, work with you, all of that? I have a, a Facebook page, Karen Sites, The Happiness Mentor. You can also come take a look at my website, ahappinesscourse.com. If you're listening and this is speaking to you and you want to find a way to get out of the trap of pursuing your happiness outside of you and really learn to become your own meaning and purpose and become your own source of happiness, I have an incredible course for women called Awakened Grace. And if you're interested in getting to chat with me, getting to know more about that, you can go to a happinesscourse.com forward slash meet. I'm very passionate about helping women learn how to be happy, especially the younger you are and the sooner you jump in, the more transformative, impactful, rewarding life you are going to have. So I encourage you, if this is speaking to you, to reach out. I would love to meet you and talk to you. If my path is a good fit, I'll be honest about that. If it's not, I'll be honest about that too and put you in the right direction. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.